Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Guys and a Movie. This week, we will be reviewing Willy's Wonderland. Starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Was the best time burp I've ever heard. In my Dude, life. I am, I am, losing it. I get to have brunch tomorrow. Doubt there's gonna be mimosas though. There has to be. I mean, is it really brunch if you don't actually get tipsy drunk? Probably. There's probably, you know, brunch just confuses me a little bit because it's supposed to be like breakfast and lunch, um, but it's mainly breakfast with mimosas, like. Can I, I, I want to be able to go and get like a sub, a, a meatball sub, or like lunch food with brunch. Well, I don't think anyone is stopping you but it's from not getting a there, sub. But it's not there. It's not an option. And that's part of the problem with brunch. Is it's not an actual option to go and get lunch. If, if it's breakfast and lunch put together, I better get both. I think I think the idea is just you're having breakfast late. I think yeah, I think you're on the right track. It's really just an excuse for people to day drink. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um Liz just messaged me and I read it. Why are you texting him? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I'm so <laughs> Okay. I can't. I can't. That's, do how this, that's how this is gonna go. Well, did did she tell you what it said? I'm not. I'm not reading. That. No. Anyways, um, Good gracious. Woo-hoo. So, Rick, how is uh, how has your week been going? Actually, it's not been too bad. Um, I definitely screwed in over four thousand light bulbs. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say I screwed in four thousand light bulbs. Me and a few other people accumulatively. Screwed in 4,000 light bulbs for this Christmas event that we're doing. Hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, a little tedious, I guess. No, my question is, is that all of them? Probably not. I think we also might have screwed up a little bit, but um, hush on that. Nobody talk about that one, please. (laughs) Well, you're going to, like, go through and test them, right? That's not my job. I was just paid to screw them in. Oh, I see. So, shh. I can't That's not too bad. We don't no. talk about that. Uh, your job rule going? number one of screwing in lights, you don't talk about screwing in the lights. Yeah, right? yeah, that's rule number one. Well, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the holidays and actually not having to work through them. For the first time in years, because I'm moving, and Yay. that's gonna be my my that's gonna be that little nice bit of stress, because you know you can't go through December without that. Well, I mean, fun. I guess. I mean, I'm not fun. worried about it. I'm not worried about it. But yeah, I'm excited, man. I, I'm ready to get out of the cold. I really am. And that's not to say that it doesn't get cold down south, but. It's a, not the same. I mean, I, you know? I doubt it gets as cold down there as it gets up here. So, There's no I mean, there's no way. I mean, maybe like every so often, but not, not like this. Not as consistent as this. No. Oh, my God. So we're finally having snow stick on the ground. And it, it's late in the season for the snow to be sticking on the ground up here. Uh, but I'm upset about it. I don't like it. <laughs> it's cold. I don't like it. I miss my warmth. You miss your warmth? What warmth? Where have you lived where it's been warm? I mean, it was pretty warm uh, throughout the summer. That was kind of nice. Oh, you're talking about the summer. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you think I've ever lived someplace that's warm 24? Yeah, I was going to say. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year? Hell no. I mean, I have. I haven't. Yeah, you lived in Florida. I don't ever want to live in Florida. I don't want to live in a swamp. Also, just the humidity. Blech. I'm not a humidity fan. You know, every, every I think every location has the trade-off, right? So you move down to Florida and you trade off the cold for the humidity. And it's honestly not a bad trade. I disagree. Humidity. <laughs> I can't stand humidity and I don't really care for the cold. But at least I'll bear the cold. 
And here, here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. The only time it's allowed to snow is during a football game. If I'm going to a Bills game, I want some snow. I want it to be windy. Okay. I want it to be cold because I don't know. It, like to me, that's football. That makes that makes everything better. Uh, oh, during uh, in around Halloween, I actually did a audio radio whatever you call it radio podcast play thing. I don't know. Did it for my friend who actually gave us our intro music, Billy, and uh, their patchwork theater. So um, it's on Spotify. They did we did War of the Worlds, like the audio drama War of the Worlds. It's kind of cool because the way that he set it up is so the radio play is like you're actually listening to the radio so we have mm-hmm. an hour-long show and there's actually full songs being played in between segments to like really try to like bring you into like this whole thing like oh this is a radio show and this is actually happening and things like that obviously it's not happening but you know it so it, it's kind of cool i don't know if that came out pretty good i, I would say go listen to that that's on a uh, patchwork um, what is it? Patchwork Theater Audio, um, Patchwork Pod, Patchwork Podcasts. I can't remember what it is. Well, that's interesting because I've actually done something like that as well. I've done the War of the Worlds, like with a full cast. Yeah, that's what we and did. all that, and yeah. that was that was great. That was a lot of fun. It's Patchwork Radio Theater. You can look it up on Spotify. Patchwork Radio Theater. That's well. There's a few of them on there. That's what I would love to be able to do in in texas is kind of get back into that radio theater thing that i was doing in college that was a Mm -hmm. lot of fun all right so are we ready to get into some movie news movie news yeah Uh, so I've got a few things that I was just looking around and seeing. Um, not a whole lot. I mean, just a lot of like um, companies getting ready to release movies, but not mm-hmm. really a whole lot going on outside of that. I feel like we're kind of back in the swing of things with productions and all that. So, um, But one thing that I did see that came across my screen was uh, the first... Harry Potter movie premiered 20 years ago today, November oh, 16th, damn. 2001, dude. Really? That's insane. That That is that is crazy. Oof. Oh, man. Makes you feel old, doesn't it? Yeah. Dude, I remember seeing that one in theaters. I saw it. Yeah, I remember going to theaters to see that one. That, honestly... I didn't start by reading the books. I started by watching the first movie, and I fell in love with that movie. So then I started reading the books. Same. That's that's how I did it too. Yeah, I have a I have a history of doing that. Like if I find out that a movie is based off of a novel, and I really liked the movie, I'll go and read the novel. So, kind of a side note, but really, if if you like Jaws, you should read the book. It's it's just as good. As the movie, and there's like, there's a lot of things that happen that was not included mm-hmm. that might surprise you a little bit. There's a lot of surprising stuff that happens, and um, a lot more people die <laughs> in the book. So interesting. I didn't know it was yeah. based off a book, or is it just the novelization of it? No, it was based off of a book. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, a lot um, of a lot of stuff is based off a book that you probably didn't know. Well, I do realize that. I know a lot of things are based off books. I mean, there's a lot of books out there. There's a lot of books that people haven't even read out there. That's that true. Get, that get made into things. Ho-ho. So this isn't necessarily movie news, but it's just something that I'm interested in. I talked to you about this the other day, but um, new Cowboy Bebop series comes out soon. I'm very excited about it. I've been reading reviews on it like early viewings of it and from what i'm seeing is that there there's a few factions here of how good this show is um faction one 
are the diehard people that love the anime. Um, I really like the anime. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I just watched the whole thing again, too. But you have the diehard faction of the anime, and these people are the people that are like, this is trash. But I also kind of feel like these are going to be the people that think that any live-action adaptation is trash. Then you have the people on the other side, the people who haven't seen the anime. And the people who haven't seen the anime think it's really good. Hmm. And and these people are calling it like, like they, they, they're really enjoying it. They're having a really good time with it. They know nothing about the source material. And that's not hurting them at all. And then you got these people in the middle, which it, it seems to be a lot of people are in the middle on this. Um, I watched one review on YouTube where the guy, he goes, I'm going to try to do this as if I'm somebody who isn't in love with the anime. And he gave it three and a half out of five stars. That's a pretty, that's, that's decent. That's watchable. That's decent. That's not bad. And he said, so this is what I'd give it as somebody not watching the anime. If a, uh, but as somebody that watched the anime, I'd give it one star. And it's like, but you, wow. so, so he's thoroughly looking at, but my problem with that review is that he's looking at it from a perspective of, I love this thing and how dare they do this? No, you got to look at it as, at it as kind of its, its own thing. Is it good on its own? And he already said, yes, it is good on its own. It has its flaws. And that is what I'm hearing about it. I'm hearing the casting is spot on with the three mains with, uh, John show is spike. Um, I, I can never say his name. Mustafa, Mustafa Shakir. I can't say his last name is jet black. That's fine. And Danielle Pineda as Faye Valentine. Apparently, all three of them are very, very solid. I'm, I'm hearing the complaints from the side of the people that love the anime, and I feel like they're just so brick-walled by how much they love the anime that they refuse to even try to look at this as its own entity. So, I don't know. I'm hearing it's decent. Um, fr From most things I'm getting, it's decent, not great, has potential for the future. Mm. There's not a lot of things that should be made as a one-to-one -one remake. There are some things that do work like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think the Lion King is a good example of that. But yeah, I don't, I don't think that anything that's animated, if it's made live action, should be exactly the same. No, it should. But what I have heard as far as complaints that are legitimate complaints is that the things that they add to the show to give it kind of a new flavor or or um, new plot points to kind of surprise the audience don't work. Like, they just they tr either tried too hard or didn't try enough, but it just didn't seem to fit right in the skeleton that was already there for the show. So, gotcha. I, like you said, I'm interested to watch it myself and see kind of where I stand on that, but I feel like that's a very legitimate complaint to have, and I hope that uh, that if that is a complaint universally that they kind of address that moving forward, if they are intending on making more of this. But, I mean, I've already got long-standing um, complaints with studios just every, every month or two t taking something animated and making it live action. It's just really tired a tired concept, I think. No, I, it, and like, I, that, I think that's, that's fine. That's justified. I think this is not going to be death note from everything I hear. This is not death note. And there are some people who again, love anime and love the anime cowboy bebop that are saying, this is the best anime anime adaptation we've had so far. And this might set the standard. And not to say that it's not good, but that kind of is a very low bar. It is to reach to reach for, <laughs> but 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 here's my here's my thing. I mean, that was a bar that we used to have for superhero movies too. Oh yeah, like it was a very low bar. They were seen very meh and like very like oh oh you're doing a superhero movie. Like it, it was very low low class. Anyways, that's 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 me and my that's I guess that's movie news and me and my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> So is that the only thing you had for uh, movie That's news today? That's all I today? got. 
That's all okay. I got right now. All right, so I'll, I'll run through these last two that I have really quick. Some drama coming out of Lucasfilm this week. Ooh. Um, and an, another possible coffin nail for Lucasfilm, uh, at least in the shape that it's in right now. That's uh, Lucasfilm reportedly shelved Ryan Johnson's new trilogy that was going to be completely separate from the Skywalker saga. So I don't know if this is a move that they're intending on distancing themselves from the last trilogy and kind of getting away from all the people involved. If so, that'd be fine. Uh, Ryan Johnson's Last Jedi was not the worst of the trilogy, that's for sure. But if they coupled this move with not letting J.J. Abrams anywhere near Lucasfilm, then I'm on board. <laughs> I got a lot of... I got... I got... A lot of issues with those movies. I have more issues with the last one than the other ones because I was like, oh, it would have been cool if they went this way or this way or this way. And they just stayed the path instead of taking a chance and doing doing something fun and unique or creative or like trying to blow somebody's mind. No. So I think they should have kept Ryan Johnson involved. Um, He's a he's a fantastic director and writer. The problem with him in Star Wars is his style is not Star Wars. The Last Jedi is a fantastic Ryan Johnson film. Mm-hmm. It is not a fantastic Star Wars film. I guess that's where the issue is. There, the, I guess him and Star Wars really don't mesh very well. You put him in his element with something like uh, Knives Out, whew, brilliant. You put him in Star Wars, he's got all these ideas and everything, and then you get a... 20-minute sequence of people running away on a planet of gamblers on these weird-ass animals that I don't care about. Now, my last thought on Lucasfilm is why, if they really wanted to to wrap up this trilogy, I'm sorry, not trilogy, but to make the last trilogy really special, why didn't they get someone who's very steeped in sci-fi uh, like Ridley Scott. Well, to, well, that's that's what it. they tried to do with J.J. Abrams. But J.J. Abrams, like his style of sci-fi, is kind of more playful and it's more you know, actiony like the, and playful. Like the Star but Trek they, movies. That's what they tried. Yeah, but I mean, that's but that's not what they tried. Star Wars. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not I'm not saying I'm. I'm I'm not trying to argue. I'm just I'm I'm agreeing with what you're saying, but I'm just trying to emphasize the point that it like you said it didn't feel like Star Wars. Star Wars especially the uh like 3, 4 and 5 were very very serious movies. You know, like that like like they were very serious straight to the point sci-fi films with great dialogue and great acting. That kind of got tossed aside to, to when they were wrapping it up. So, so Okay. Oh well. Well, we'll see. We'll see what. Uh, we'll see what comes of this split between Ryan Johnson and uh, Lucasfilm. I hope. I uh, hope it's for the best. That's really all you can hope for at this point mm-hmm. with Lucasfilm. So. So that's all I've got for movie news. Oh, perfect. You want to go ahead and let's dive into Willy's Wonderland. And we've got a fun one here, for sure. Oh, my God. I had so much fun during this movie. All Ugh. right. Can't wait to, I can't wait to get into it. So. Oh, my God. So let's start off with, uh, it's Five Nights at Freddy's, but with a twist. <laughs> it. So that was my that was one of my concerns uh going into it but luckily it was it was kind of um it was definitely different the plot was different mm-hmm. uh the approach was different um uh, but we'll get into all that um but my initial impression of the film uh was that like right away I I would say within the first like 3 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. you kind of get an idea of what you're going to watch like a, a really? very a very gritty uh low budget uh B film with I, a few I want... okay. actors involved like legit okay. actors involved. Okay. Okay. So okay, I see what you're saying there. I was going to say I disagree with you. And here's why. 
yes, I get I get the B movie feel and everything. Like they were thoroughly going for that B movie feel. And I, I, I wanna say this. A lot of times when you go for the B movie film, like style and like you want to go for that feel of the B movie and like kind of get that cult classic going, it doesn't work. If that's what you're trying to do, it doesn't work. I think it works here. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now where I'm disagreeing with you is with the the beginning okay that first opening scene with the people running around in the corridors i was thinking okay this might be a bad b movie horror like b horror movie with nicholas cage with that being said i think it subversed my expectations with that opening scene because okay it was that that's not what i got I was expecting this this horror movie. Now, there there's definitely horror elements in the movie itself, but I didn't get a horror movie out of this at all. I got the elements of a horror movie, but it's kind of more of a I think it's kind of more of a like joke at certain scenarios in horror movies. Yeah, so I had to look this up when I was watching it. It's actually billed as a action comedy horror. And, and, I, and I feel I think like that's that's it. That's spot on. And it really did each of those things pretty well. I think the weakest part out of all of it was the horror. I, oh, I, I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a scare. I wasn't scared during throughout during it throughout any moment. Um, but you can, you can see the homage to the old horror movies in the way that his car gets destroyed and he needs to come to this town in the way that uh. Uh, the it's a small town and you got this weird like inbred vibe between all the townsfolk and everything and then you got this this sheriff who looks crooked and is in on everything speaking of which my uncles know that the person that actually played the sheriff um they were in a tv yeah, show she's with been her in called, a lot yeah they were in a tv show with her she played their mother in the tv show maximum bob back in the 90s which ran for i think like eight episodes Oh, which wow. is actually a really funny TV show. Didn't get its due though. I think it was just a show out of it. I think it was before. It's a show before its time. If you get a chance, if you see Maximum Bob anywhere, go ahead and watch it. My uncles played like the two inbred cullet, like inbred kind of feeling twins in the show, like Florida Backwoods. I wouldn't really call them inbred, but like Florida Backwoods is what I'm looking for. Um, swamp people. Maximum Bob. Yes. There's actually an episode where my, my uncles are <laughs> in the water and they have a hula hoop and they're trying to teach this manatee to jump through the hoop in a trick. <laughs> the The plot for this show is almost like I dream of Genie but on an acid trip. I guess. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I, mean I, had... I mean, listen listen to this. I mean, listen to this, right? Uh. Maximum Bob is a ultra right-wing conservative judge in Florida who has a psychic ex-marine show mermaid for a wife. Yes. The sheriff is a widower who ballroom dances. Yes. The public defender is a spitfire from Miami. Uh-huh. Somehow there is a family of truly odd individuals all with the same type of glasses. Yeah, and that my uncles were part of that odd individual family. Like they that's, were, they were series. That's insane. Yeah. But it, it was like, so maximum Bob's it's called maximum Bob because he always gives out the maximum sentence. Ah, I that's see. why it was called maximum Bob who was actually played by Bo Bridges, Jeff Bridges, brother. But anyway, so my uncles actually worked with her and they, they know her. I don't know if they still are in contact with her, but they know her, they know the sheriff. So long story short. Well, Hey, if, uh, if you're ever listening to this, uh, just know I am. that I'm, we I'm, really I'm enjoyed your it. we really enjoyed your role in this movie as the sheriff. Oh. That's what I was getting at. Oh, okay. I was. Th- <laughs> I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> no, I was not talking to you. I mean, I'm listening. I'm re- I'm recording it, but you know. I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Beth Grant. Yes. Beth Grant. If you if we ever have the luxury of of having you listen to this show, uh, we we very much enjoyed your your role as the sheriff in that yeah. movie. She was also on an episode of, oh, she was, 
she was in one of the most famous Office episodes, um, Dinner Party. She was Dwight's date in Dinner Party. Oh, that's right. Um, I know she, she looks very familiar. She played the mother in No Country for Old Men. Like, she's done a oh, lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's done a lot. And she's fantastic. She was in Donnie in Darko, too. Yes, Donnie Darko. She, she's fantastic. But anyways, so that that's kind of like. I, that's kind of like the the horror movie vibe. You got the you got the crooked sheriff, and you got the small town, and everybody like knows what's going on. And then you have the outsider coming in, who is more or less. I mean, more is a sacrifice. So, I love how I love how he is a Nicholas Cage is playing a character that comes into this town. There's obviously something up. Yeah. And he really doesn't care. He doesn't care to look into it. He's not going to ask questions. He's just there to get his car repaired and, and head out. And I don't know if you got this vibe, but at some point, I can't quite put my finger on it, but it was a scene with the sheriff. Okay. I think it was maybe towards the end. And I just got really strong Scooby-Doo vibes. <laughs> From the scene. No, I, I never. Like, no, I never got that. Okay, because it was like, because like you said, we're like the crooked sheriff, and Pete, everyone's in on it. It almost, for a, a brief moment, it felt like something like an adult version of Scooby Doo. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Um. Also, something else that like throughout the whole movie, I was just waiting, just waiting, for Nicolas Cage to say something. Right, and he doesn't. He doesn't have a single line in this whole movie, and he is incredible in it. I <laughs> love him in it. Like I was expecting overacting, like Nicolas Cage. You know, like 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 uh, uh I can't think of the oh, name. Like Ghost Vampire's Rider, Kiss. Vampire's Kiss, oh, a Ghost Rider, Kiss, yeah. uh, uh, like all those crazy ass movies that he does. Like I was expecting overacting, like Nicolas Cage. I mean, just. No, but he had he, he. I mean, I wouldn't even call him overacting in this. He just had a very powerful presence, and he didn't say a word, not a single word. He grunted like twice, and that's it. Every time he'd take a giant gulp of the soda, <laughs> that was about it. Oh my that god, that was the extent of his lines. And I, I, I do want to say so. Like he, he goes into this place, and they're like, "If you clean this up, just just clean it up, and we'll have your car ready for you tomorrow." Okay, okay. So he's cleaning up, and the ostrich comes up to him, and it's like, "I'm gonna eat your fucking face off!" And he just—that <laughs> was the first it. one too. He just starts punching it, punching it in the neck, too, and it's just—and it's just like, "What? What? What are you doing? What is this? Why? Why are you hitting?" And then he pulls—he pulls its spine out. <laughs> it's it's like, wait a second, how is this happening? It's and like at that moment. At that moment, when he started kicking its ass, that's when I realized, this is not what I signed up for. And I think it's better than what I was expecting. This is this, this is where I'm saying it subversed my whole perception of this movie, which was supposed to be a horror movie, like a B-rated horror movie. And it comes out on top of like this B-rated action movie with horror elements and just... Nicholas Cage beating the shit out of animatronics. Oh. I I agree a hundred percent with that because I I will say that like you, there really wasn't a part of the movie where I felt scared. It was just odd, I guess. Yeah, it, it's but definitely like, weird. Once I got into the movie, I was just like looking forward to more of them attacking Nicolas Cage just so he can like rip their head off and throw it in a garbage bag. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was waiting for Willie to get into this, you know. I so, love that they saved him for last. Oh, I That was great. I mean, of course they're going to. It's Willie. It's Willie. He's the title character. So, I'd like to go through like I have a list of things like like a like bullet points of like what I liked and what I didn't like. Yeah, kind of. I kind of usually do that um, <laughs> most of the time for yeah, the show. Yeah, but, you do it more than I just kind of um, talk from what I. Well, I just I'm just kind of like, bleh, I just vomit my thoughts. I definitely, like you said, did. I was expecting something different than what I got, and 
there's only one thing that I don't want to say disappointed me, but I kind of wish it was more pronounced, but we'll get into that in a bit. The, the, the number one thing I liked about the movie was that it, it was a, it was a very simple plot, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't in a, and it wasn't simple in a bad way. It was kind of like, um, like you said, like you're kind of expecting a five nights at Freddy's ripoff, but it had some, some really good moments in the, in the film. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, even towards the end, like there were a few plot twists and or just like exposition that the characters would say to kind of like keep keep you going and like diving you deeper and deeper into the story. Because at the very beginning, it's very surface level. You know, it's like okay, there's this um, haunted, you know, uh, demented Chuck E. Cheese. That yeah. That anyone that goes into it dies, and yeah. they're asking this stranger to clean it. And you're like, okay, well. They're Something weird is going to happen, die. right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was great. I think it was great that they, they didn't try to do too much with it. They kept it very, very straight with the plot. They didn't try to go all these different directions and mix it in all this stuff. And, and the things they did mix in, like with the... Uh, I was honestly like, this, this plot twist blew me away. That it was the souls of all the uh, serial killers... From the town. <laughs> From the town that had killed themselves in a ritual when they got found out. I was I was like, there's no way. I don't know if that's 100% original, but that was awesome. I don't know, but, but see, I'm also a fan of, like, explanations like that. Like, why are these things coming to life? And, like, so I'm a fan when they actually explain it and when it's actually a good explanation. And I feel like that's what I got here. Like, we have all these, like, child murderers and family murderers and things like that. And when when the authorities were finally coming for them, when the FBI was finally knocking on the door, they committed a satanic ritual and put their spirits in all the animatronics. And, of course, nobody's going to realize that right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And, like, so I don't know. I really enjoyed that. And it, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to be like how, how can I put this? I don't I don't need to be like led around like by the hand to like follow a movie. I don't need yeah. that. But I like explanations. I like why is this happening? I like how in Nightmare on Elm Street we get we know why Freddy Krueger came back and is in their nightmares. I like his mm -hmm. backstory and we got a little bit of the backstory here on why these creatures are coming back to life. And it's not just because, well, you know, animatronics, you know, they kind of uh, just lost their mind. No, there's, there's actually, there's, there's a reason to why it's happening and I like it and I think it works. Oh, it works very well. I mean, I don't think that I could come up with a better explanation as to why that's happening. Honestly, I think I think it fits perfectly with the story. It's not overly complicated. Uh, it's interesting, um, and I said that kind of that kind of segues into into the thing that I, the second thing I liked about this movie was that the the dialogue wasn't horrendous. No, right? Like so many other B movies, mm -hmm. the dialogue is either cheesy or the way it's delivered is bad. But e even though like most of these actors in the movie were unknowns. None of them were terrible, you know. No, they they all they were all passable. They did a very decent job. They all did their job. And the lines that were written for them were about on the same level. Yeah. You know, there wasn't that that one character uh that they just they kind of just said, "Oh, screw it. We'll just have them say whatever, you know, blase dialogue to kind of get through the scene." Yeah. Like every character had dialogue that made sense, that kind of um, explained how they thought, how they approached the situation that they were dealing with. Um, and and anytime there was like really cheesy dialogue, especially with the animatronics and like the way they would talk, mm -hmm. um, it just really added to the comedic side of it, and honestly made me laugh. It was great. Oh like, yeah, this really intense scene where 
Nicolas Cage is fighting off these these uh, possessed animatronic creatures. There's like they're saying the goofiest crap possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I don't. I think I don't think I've ever seen a movie that had as little dialogue in it as this one. There was just so much of the movie that was not. There was nothing being said, but it was still interesting. I don't think you've ever seen a silent movie then. Oh, I mean. <laughs> I'm just, technically I'm, silent technically technically in silent movies there's dialogue you just have to read it yeah i mean i've never seen nicholas cage not say a single line throughout a whole movie which i think is incredible oh man we gotta we gotta talk about we gotta talk about his character man go for it start i i love i love that <laughs> on on the the casting he's um Build as the janitor, the janitor. Which, it's like really like of all the things like i guess you he's know he's just build like, as the janitor it's like he's the janitor but what's his background like, he's obviously we, a badass we don't know his background like is he military is he is he like is he like a mob enforcer like what's his background we don't know we don't get a backstory on him but we get a backstory on the animatronics but i'm okay with that all i know is he comes in here and he's a badass, and I love how he just bags up these pe- these these animatronics after he kills one. He bags it up, puts it back in the corner, and then he goes back to cleaning. No questions. No question. Oh my god! And the guy tells him, "Take a break. You know, take a break every now and then." So literally, our uh, well, the, the main female. I think her. Let me look at here. It's Liv. Liv Hawthorne. The main female and him, and she's ready to fight. She's ready to take these things down. That's her whole purpose throughout this whole movie. She's trying to burn this place down and get rid of, get rid of the evil in here. And so she's standing there, ready to fight and everything. Uh, and then his watch goes off, and he looks <laughs> at it, and then he just walks away and goes on his break and plays pinball <laughs> while she's fighting. <laughs> And then his breaks over, he comes back and kills it. But it's like he's got to like, get his punch soda. In. His 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 strict break schedule killed me every single time. It would just just go off, goes on break, just stops what he's doing in the middle of a fight, just stops, goes on break, comes back, finishes his job. Oh, like. His character to me is just his character does so much and he does so much with so little. Like without a single line, everything is is it's it's a physical performance. And it doesn't feel one noted, which is weird. So hear me out. I have I have a th- a theory. I just want to be honest with you. I can't do anything but hear you out because I have headphones on. <laughs> you could always take them off, I guess. I mean, if you insist. So I have a theory about Nicolas Cage's character, and I, I couldn't help but think about this through the entire movie. Uh-huh. There's got to be something up with that soda he drinks every couple hours. That's what I was kind of thinking. What I what I think could be I, I this I didn't really think a whole lot about this because the movie was only 90 minutes but but I feel like Nicolas Cage's character is a failed entrepreneur who tried to get his soda brand you know mm-hmm. up and running and so he's just driving around all these really podunk small towns trying to do something to make money mm-hmm I really think that's kind of like that's kind of it's got to be it. Like there's got to be there can't be much more to it than that. And I I think maybe there like you said there might be something like military involved cuz like he just does is not phased by anything. Yeah, and he's just there to fi- he was given a job and uh he's just there to finish his job, pick up his car and go. Whether they want him to finish the job or not, he's going to finish it. Yeah, like like uh, Liv is is explaining all the stuff to not only the janitor but also to us as the audience, mm-hmm. and he's just he doesn't care. He's nope, just, just doing his job. Shrugs it off and keeps going. He's that's not really what he's interested in. In fact, he'd probably be better off not knowing. Oh, 
it, I mean, it, it was fun. Oh, I, I also loved, like, um... So, you know how, like, at the end of the horror movie, you always still have, like, that one scene. Like, you have that last... They, they call it, like, the last scare. Yep. Where the villain's not dead. And they kind of did that twice. But the first one was with, uh... Oh, what was her name? It was the Siren. Yep. Sarah, Sarah the Siren. And it's she comes out and everything, and they they start freaking out when they see her. And then she lights it up. She she lights a match. Car blows up, <laughs> essentially killing her too. <laughs> and I just was like, oh, that's some good closure. And then in the back of my mind, I was like, wait, the turtle was left on the road after she mm-hmm. beat him in the nuts. Yeah. And then just without even without even blinking, here's the turtle, and he just plows him over and obliterates him. Like, just doesn't even slow down. Just hits the gas harder. I loved it. Oh, uh, that was, I mean, that was such a bizarre way to end the film, but it was great. I mean, it fit. It was perfect. I mean. I mean, so was the car blowing up, though, too. I know. That was pretty great. And we don't know where he's going. We don't know what he's doing. And all of a sudden now Liv is in the car with him. And they're just driving. He's trying to sell his soda, man. His, uh, what was it? It was called Punch, right? Yep. And it was called. I don't know if he's trying to sell it. And I think, we... I think, I think I read the, the tagline on the can was like, uh, cake of caffeine to your kisser or something. I think, I, I think the Punch is what gives him the ability to kill these animatronics. But that's so specific, right? It is. I know. But also, why would he just stop in the middle to drink it every single time? Is this a supernatural origin story? I don't know. It might be. (laughs) The silent man. The silent janitor drifter. Maybe he is just a janitor, and that's why he was so good at killing them with janitorial tools. Mm, That's true. I don't know. Yeah, he definitely cleaned the crap out of that building. That's for sure. In one night. I mean, he did. In yeah. less than one night, actually, because he had to deal with all the animatronics as well. Yeah, and I mean, they're painting on the walls. They're over they're and over blood, again in blood. Oh my god, all the blood everywhere. Leaving like, dead bodies. I know, but that place was spotless when he was. It was done. amazing. Oh, you could have licked the ground. Just kills kills an animatronic, goes back to cleaning, no words said, just And he didn't even look really annoyed by it. No. I know. Like like, <laughs> like there's just no reaction. It's just like it's just like oh, every other day, here we go. Just just nothing. Nothing. Oh. Yeah, that pretty much I don't sums know what up else the whole to movie. say other than I I don't know what else to say other than I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. I enjoyed this movie. I had a fun time. I mean, I think really the only thing I can fault about the movie, I mean, well, other than I, I kind of would have liked it to be a little scarier. Like, it wasn't yeah, really with, scary with the at horror all. Setup, yeah, with the horror setup, they could have leaned a little bit more into that. Um, But I think other than maybe it just not being very scary, which is fine, it was a great movie, but I think... The only other thing I can say that's like a complaint is that it was just a victim of its own situation of being a low-budget B-film, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything amazing. It wasn't mind-blowing. It it didn't, like, completely change how you thought about something. But but it's just a fun movie, and that's all it, that's all it ever intended to be. I would say be. the biggest knock on it for me would be some of the dialogue would be like some of the dialogue is just cliche and corny and everything and i think that's kind of what they were going for yeah. but still it's it fits so well still it's 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 cliche and corny and i th- i think that for me would be its biggest knock because you know and again like my my biggest thing when i'm when i want to watch when i'm looking at a movie i'm looking at several things and it, it's different than what probably most critics look at i'm looking at did i have a good time would I rewatch it? And I think it's a yes on both. Okay. This is a movie that I'd be willing to like be like, you gotta see this. This is it's a weird movie, but you gotta watch it. It's kind of it's fun. It's a good time. 
And so I guess that's how I would describe this movie. Is it's fun, it's a good time, and it's it's one I would definitely share with somebody. Yeah, I mean, it definitely lived up to the expectations that I had from hearing about other people talk about it, right? Well, it exceeded my expectations because I didn't hear anything. I just saw it on Hulu quite a bit, and I was like, you know, that's either going to be terrible or okay, and it was better than both. So, oh, for sure, yeah, I liked it. I, I honestly am kind of sad that I didn't watch it in time for the spooky season, but it mm-hmm. definitely fits like any time of the year. Yeah, you know, I think ultimately I'm going to rate this movie a seven five. Okay, that's 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 very very fair. rewatchable, very fun. It's got its flaws. As a as a movie itself, like acting and script wise, it's got some faults. Mm-hmm. But seven five because I find it really rewatchable and I enjoyed it. All right. Well, I mean, I I think that a lot of the dialogue and perhaps some of the effects can be forgiven due to the fact that you know it is what it is, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's not a Sam Raimi film. It's not you know, Christopher Nolan film, it, it, but it really honestly is probably, I would say maybe in like the top three B movies I've ever seen. Um, but unfortunately that does have to factor into like as a film. Right. Um, so I personally am going to give it a 6.5 Jolly Ranchers out of 10. Oh, Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, there was, I don't know if you caught that, but at the end when they were, they had all the, the dead bodies in the pentagram, whatever mm-hmm. they had consumed to drink to kill themselves had been mixed with Jolly Ranchers. So, Interesting. Yeah. All right, so I, I do have a quick quiz game over here for you. All right. Me. I love those. All right. Well, this one's going to be Nicolas Cage based. Oh, boy. And I have here... And this is coming from Ultimate Movie Rankings, okay? All right. Dot com. And I have the top 10 highest grossing movies. It's adjusted box office worldwide, okay? Okay. So what are Nicolas Cage's top 10? I figured this would be easier than doing other ones because the dude's been in more movies than I can count. Oh, for sure. Um, But what are the top 10... Grossing movies according to an adjusted box office worldwide. That he's been in? Yes. Uh, top 10, that's a lot. I don't know if I could even think of 10 <laughs> Nicolas Cage movies right now. Um, I mean, National Treasure has to be way up there. Ding, 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 like, ding, ding. Way up National there. Treasure is one, two, three, four. National Treasure is number four. Okay. Okay. Wow, that's number four. Um, again, this is adjusted gross box. Yeah. So that may, so that means um, it's adjusted for inflation. What about um? What about the Wicker Man? Eh, not on. There. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm very serious. That doesn't make any sense. That was like very well known Nicolas Cage movie. But, but it's <laughs> nobody uh, went to go right, see it though. Um, Ghost Rider. Um, no Ghost Rider is number 12. What? He's been in a lot of movies. Uh, Kick-Ass? Nope. Uh, uh, this is terrible. <laughs> You're doing great. How, so if Kick-Ass and Wicker Man aren't on there, that's not bode very well for the rest of them that I'm thinking of. I can't really think of a lot more than that right now. No. Come on, like don't went out on he's me. Been so, I mean, he's done. You're so missing. Many. So, there's '90s movies in here. Let me. Okay, so there, there's a bunch of '90s movies. Okay, mm-hmm. there's one, two. There's three '90s movies in here. You got one of them. Not a '90s movie, but you got one movie. Okay. Okay. Uh, there is two animated movies in. I'm sorry. There's one, two, three, two. Yeah, four 90s movies, two animated movies, one children's movie. Oh, goodness. And a sequel. (laughs) I can't believe you haven't gotten the sequel. 
What, the Book of Secrets got more than National Treasure? Is that what you're saying? Ding, ding, ding. There wow. you go. Okay. Book of Secrets was number four. Oh. So Treasure was five. Yeah, okay. Secrets, I mean, Treasure Treasure was two, three, four. Tre- National Treasure was number four. I'm sorry. Oh, I see. And, tr- na- and Book of Secrets was number three. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Dang. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm trying to think because I, I I'm on, assuming that the kids movie is so gonna be very 90s. high in there. But I'm trying to think what kids movie he was in. There's two animated movies. Um, I got a list of co-stars here if you want any. Sure, let's do co-stars in a in a kids movie. Kids movie, okay. Do you want top kids movie? Um, do you want an animated kids movie or just the kids movie? Just the kids movie. Will Arnett. That's not going to help you. No one saw this movie. <laughs> but but that's not true. That's not true according to the box office. Oh, my goodness. Well, I definitely didn't see it, I don't think. <laughs> I I didn't see it. I forgot this movie existed until I'm looking at it right now. So... I mean, they've already listed off at least seventy percent of all Nicolas Cage movies that I know. Okay, let me let me go ahead and give you um, let me let me give you number five's co-star. Okay. Okay. John Travolta. That would be a dead giveaway for me. Oh, Face Off. There you go. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm getting it now. All right. Okay. Face Off. Yeah. That's a '90s movie. '90s movie. It was a heck of a movie, too. Hmm. Wasn't there a romantic movie he was in? Like, early, like, one of the very first movies in his entire career? Was it something like Along Came Sally or something? No, you're thinking of Moonstruck, and that's not in the top ten. Oh, okay, yeah, you're, okay, yeah. Which, I actually just watched Moonstruck, and that has Cher in it. Um, yeah. Very good movie. He's very good in it. So. Hmm. Um, there is a romantic movie on here. The hint I will give you of that is the sound. It's a. It's got a very famous soundtrack. Okay, so the soundtrack was very famous. There was a song written for this movie that I think it might still even hold the record for the longest song at number one for the most weeks on the Billboard 200, and it was written by a Buffalo band. A band from Buffalo, New York. And the song that was written for it was like the theme song for it or Pretty much, yeah. I'll let you know. The Goo Goo Dolls wrote the song. It's the so the Goo Goo Dolls most popular song <laughs> I th- was the theme song oh, for this okay. movie. Mm. Unfortunately that does not help me. But Ooh. I know the song. See, this is why we should have uh, we should have done like a Nicolas Cage marathon. <laughs> that would have helped a lot, dude. There's there's so many movies in here that I don't know if we'd be able to do it. Let me look on this list. He's got 85 movies. No, right I mean, now we wouldn't watch them on all at list. one time, but like, holy crap, you know. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'd probably do pretty good at this list. I, I'm stumped. Nicholas Cage with cars. What? That's it. That's it. That. Nicholas Cage with cars. Yes. What? He's got cars and he needs to go somewhere. Oh, gone in 60 seconds? There you go. I forgot he was yeah. in there. He's the star. He's the main guy. It's just been so long. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Gone in 60 Seconds is number, what is that? Number seven. Hmm. What if I said John Cusack and, uh, oh God, what's that guy's name? John Malkovich. John Cusack and John Malkovich are both in this one. (laughs) This has to be, this has to be the toughest one you've ever given me. I disagree. Like, I'd actually probably do pretty good at I just, this. I would have had a bunch of these. Yeah, because you're looking at the list. 
Well, I would have known him before I looked at the list. So you're telling me you you wouldn't you'd be. I wouldn't ace it, but I'd I'd have more than you have. You're telling me that you you wouldn't be surprised that Wicker Man wasn't on there. No, I would not be surprised oh, okay. that Wicker Man wasn't okay. on there. That movie was terrible, and nobody saw it. Let's scroll down and see how far down Wicker Man is. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. That's right. Holy shit! It's way down here. Dude, I don't even know what number this is. Wicker Man, Wicker Man. I'm just going to control F. I can't find it. Yeah, Wicker Man. Wicker Man's way the hell down there. Wicker Man's like probably middle of the pack, I guess. Huh. All right. Do you give up? Yeah, I just hit it. Hit me with it. Okay. Number 10. The one where the hint was... Will Arnett, because I literally know nothing else about this movie, other than there's like weird talking hamsters. It's called G Force. Oh, I didn't even know he was in that. I didn't either. Okay, so I wouldn't have gotten that one. Uh, number nine, you might be a little upset with yourself on, because it is an animated movie that was very popular just a few years ago in 2018. Called Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh yeah, he was the alternate. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played uh, he played the neo noir Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, number eight, which was the hint, the Goo Goo Dolls. It was the song Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. City of Angels. Oh. With Meg Ryan. I think I've only got seen gone that and... once. Well, I've never seen it. I just know about the soundtrack, and I it was know weird. The it was a weird movie. I don't know. It's a great song. Yeah, if you watch the music video, apparently the music video is based off the movie. So, hmm. um, next we have you got this one, Gone in sixty seconds. Yeah. The one where I told you it was John Cusack and John Malkovich, Con Air. Oh, I only know about that. I've never seen it. Oh, that's a good one. You, you should watch that should. one. That's a good one. Then you got Face Off, you got National Treasure, Book you got Secrets, National yeah. Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. Secrets. And then we're down to number two. It's a movie I've never seen. Co-stars Emma Stone and Ryan Reynolds. The Croods. Oh, see, I don't, yeah, animated films, I don't really go for those, so. I don't know, I like animated films, but I never saw that one. And then number one. Is a Michael Bay film. I think it's Michael Bay's first movie, The Rock, with Sean Connery and Michael Bean. Oh yeah, because I, I think I have seen that, but I don't. I wouldn't have remembered the name. I wanted a. I, I would have gotten the name on that one. Um, I think I think I would have done better than you. Oh yeah, I, I can't I really probably, judge myself. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, that was that's gonna be a tough I, I'm one. I'm not gonna lie. I took I took a uh, I did take a film and culture class in college, and the teacher asked a question, and the question was, "Well, like, what is the highest grossing movie of all time?" And I looked at him. I go, "Well, are we talking for? Are we adjusting for inflation, or are we not adjusting for inflation?" And he looks at me. He goes, "Why is that a question you have?" And I go, well, because if we're adjusting for inflation, it's gone with the wind. If we don't adjust for inflation, it's Avatar. And he goes, why do you know that? I go, I, I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like something you would know. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he was just like, why do you know that? And I'm like, I spent time on Box Office Mojo. <laughs> like, I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah, that was Yeah, that was he was just list. looking at me like, what a freak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're in a film film class. I mean, you should know everything, right? Right. I mean, it was it was film and culture, which was really it turned into like sci-fi. Oh, nice. Uh, sci-fi film and culture because teacher that was going to teach the film and culture class, um, he had to leave. He couldn't teach that semester for some reason, so we got a new we got a different professor, and then he came in. And he goes, "I know more about sci-fi, so we're gonna do we're gonna focus on that." And I was like, "Cool." So we watch a bunch of sci-fi. Nice. But... Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's all I got. 
Same. All right. Well, um, I'm not sure what we're going to watch for the next episode. So if you were listening, then it's going to be just as much of a surprise for us. (laughs) Well, surprise. (laughs) I like surprises. (laughs) Don't we all? All right. Have a good one. See ya.